Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. He's done it again! Marcus Rashford on his Premier League debut! Aguero! Harry Kane does it again for Tottenham Hotspur! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanRag Sports with me, Sebastian Noren, and Elliot Niblock. We are polyless. He's still in England, we think, but he has graced us with a mobile take that you'll hear at the end of the show. We're I'm sure it will be all loving thoughts for Jose Mourinho. Yes, Lots it is. Lots of well wishes and support. Yep, it's about Mourinho, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But we're going to jump into uh, some of the Premier League action and the FA Cup action that we had over the weekend. And then we're going to look ahead at the international friendlies as we got our little international break here. Of course, most of our focus will be on the U.S. men's national team and England. But let's start things off with Liverpool and their 5-0 win over Watford on Saturday. And Mohamed Salah scoring four goals becoming the first yeah. Egyptian player in the Premier League's history to score four goals in a game. And now he tops the uh, scoring race, 28 goals, four ahead of Harry Kane. And what a wonderful first season in the Premier League for Mohamed Salah. <laughs> well, if you don't count his little time at Chelsea. <laughs> um but, yeah, you know, I, I think it's... Really, I, I, that's such a little footnote. I don't even... I mean, how many games did he actually play? You talk about how good he is, and I'll look up how many games he actually played for Chelsea. Okay. Well, and, you know, actually, I do have a point in how good he is, is that it's not just surpassing Harry Kane in the Premier League Golden Boot, but more broadly, throughout Europe, he catapulted himself into the lead, you know, with now a couple more goals than Leo Messi, and including, you know, assists, he's certainly ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, he could have the the pan-European golden boot on top of the EPL golden boot. And it's hard for him. It's, it's hard to see him not achieving that given the way that Liverpool play. And even though they're, you know, they're kind of which team will show up mentality of, oh, are they going to knock the, the opposition for four goals or are they going to fall flat on their faces? Even if they fall flat on their faces and he just gets a couple more braces, I think he's probably gonna gonna take away the golden boot yeah so he made 13 league appearances for chelsea uh, 10 of them in the 2013-14 season after his transfer from basel and then he made three appearances in the league the following season before getting loaned out to fiorentina but this is quite the big increase in goal scoring for him because if you look at his past two seasons with roma he had 14 league goals in 34 appearances, 15-16, and then last season he had 15 goals in 31 appearances, uh, 41 games total, 19 goals last season. And right now he's sitting at 30 league games, 28 goals, and 36 goals total in 40 appearances. 
So yeah, I mean he's he's landed in a way that you know it's almost. I mean, given the position, like from the forward of the pitch, it's hard to overemphasize his impact. But it's, I would say it outstrips it outstrips Mares, Conte, or even remember him, Dimitri Payet's impact when they landed in the Premier League. All of whom lifted their respective clubs. Granted. Conte and Mares helping one another to lift not only their club but the trophy. I think that you have to argue that Salah's, you know, whether you want to call it his arrival or with that brief appearance at Chelsea, his homecoming to the Premier League, yeah, has been more impactful than any of those three. I'm just trying to see here if we can get into some of the more advanced stats here. So the thing is that his shooting accuracy is 45, percent which seems Pretty high. So yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if this. High. I'm just wondering if this is sustainable. Is this the kind of guy that we should expect scoring 25 plus league goals for the next five seasons in the Premier League? I mean, I will say this. I think that moving forward, it would be a shock if this wasn't the best season in Mohamed Salah's career. Which obviously is to say, okay, I expect him to have a dip in form in the coming seasons. But nonetheless, I think that you have to count on him to do better numbers than he put up at Roma. It's partially a confidence thing, partially, you know, being surrounded by a higher class of talent at Anfield. But yeah, I mean, I think that I, I don't, I don't think that you can expect him to be winning the golden boat year in and year out. But I do think that, yeah, it's, it's reasonable to, believe that he has you know one or two more 20 plus goal seasons in him yeah i mean he is in sort of the right type of age now he turns 26 this summer and of course with this scoring uh, you know frenzy really a lot of uh, rumors now that real madrid might try and pry him away from liverpool Yeah, I mean, and if you're Salah, it would be hard to to say no to that, right? I, I mean, from my perspective, at least, it's it's really hard for me to see Liverpool turning around and challenging for the title next season. Um, and, you know, I, he hasn't been... It's not as though... They stood by him with a couple mediocre campaigns. He arrived, lit the world on fire, and if he sees, okay, I've done everything I can in the Premier League, now I'm going to seize this opportunity to go to one of the world's biggest clubs, maybe he has to do that. But, but I mean, I also don't know his contract situation. I can't imagine that he's, in con- he's under contract for anything less than two more full seasons at the conclusion of this campaign. No, and even so, I think, and I, Ian Wright spoke about it, I, I do think that clubs like Real Madrid would probably want to see him score somewhere in this range again next season before actually you know, deciding on dropping the big, big cash. Because, you know, if you're going to pay that m- amount of money that they got for Coutinho, I think you want to see that he can do it more than just one season. Yeah, I, I suppose that, that's fair. But, yeah, that is, that's fair. But the thing is that even if he, like I said, even if he doesn't reproduce uh, 28, 
30 odd goal season, if he scores 19 or 20, I think you still have to say that his transfer stock is, you know, um, pretty much top of the market. Oh yeah. No, it will be well, with the exception of Harry Kane, but I don't really expect Harry Kane to leave. I would think there's a much, much bigger chance of Salah leaving Liverpool than yeah. Kane leaving uh, Spurs. That's for sure. Uh, we should mention some of the other results and their impact on the table. Uh, Everton defeated Stoke 2-1. to one. So Stoke are still in the dirt, sort of speak. They're second to last, whereas Everton are sitting in ninth. Uh, Crystal Palace took a 2-0 two, two win over Huddersfield. So really good for them. They move up to 16th place. Uh, and... You know, with the bottom race being what it is right now, every point is so, so important. And the Crystal Palace closing the gap to, you know, Huddersfield, Swansea, Newcastle. They're only two points by Newcastle and one point behind Swansea and Huddersfield. And uh, right now, Southampton are in the drop. So, um, yeah, that bottom race is turning out to be quite, quite the affair there. Bournemouth defeating yeah. West Brom. 2-1, thanks to a late, late goal by Junior Stanislas, which screwed things up for my prediction for this game. I was so happy. Yeah. I thought I was going to get it. And then, boom, 89th minute. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I I, I want to go back to the the uh, relegation bre- battle briefly. Is that the thing is that I think I, I, if I'm Palace, I'm really nervous, right? Because, yeah, they're sitting currently in 16th but both West Ham and Southampton have a game in hand on them and you know they're they're even on points with West Ham and they're you know only two points up from Southampton so I I don't know I, I maybe it's just how much faith maybe I shouldn't say faith I should say respect that I have for Southampton's uh, academy that I I believe that they're going to be able to pull themselves up. And at the same time, I would think it would be a shame to see them go down. But I, I, my money is that the Saints make it and it's going to be Palace or West Ham battling for that final relegation spot. But we'll see. You know, It's not as though Swans or Huddersfield are out of the muck either. No. Southampton, they did advance in the FA Cup. Sort of a nice transition to that. They defeated Wigan 2-0. And they will take on Chelsea in the semifinals, Chelsea defeating Leicester 2-1 after extra time. Uh, United, they defeated Brighton 2-0. Still sort of a boring game, actually. And then they will go up against Spurs, who defeated Swansea 3-0. So no real upsets in the quarterfinals. But once again, it, was, uh, it wasn't a lot of fun to watch Manchester United play. <laughs> no. and I, I'm and sure. Again, I'm I, sure we'll have more thoughts on that by Pauly on yeah. his mobile take towards the end of the show. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for the internationals as we have our international break here. So stick around. Okay, we're back. International break. That means some friendlies. And if we start with the U.S. men's national team, they take on Paraguay on March 27th, roughly, you know, six days from this recording. And uh, if you take a look at the squad here, um, a lot of new faces. There's 
you know, uh, eight players that don't have a single cap to their name yet. Um, and we only have a combined six caps between the three goalkeepers. So you got Bill Hamid, who plays for Mithjuland in Denmark, five caps. You got six, Zach Steffen, who's got one cap, Columbus Crew. And then Alex Bono, who's uncapped from Toronto FC. Uh, what's your... We've been calling for this for ages, though, yes. right? Yeah, no, we have. You know, you, you know what your experienced goalkeepers are known quantities. You know, bleed the youth. Come on. Yeah, the most experienced players on this team is DeAndre Yedlin, 49 caps, Newcastle. Uh, Darlington Nagby, 24 caps, Atlanta. And Bobby Wood, 36 caps, Hamburger SV, Sportverein. Um, I do understand that you bring in a guy like Bobby Wood. He might need some confidence. Hamburg, I mean, they are just awful this season. So get him in. And, you know, he is the leading goal scorer on this team, too. He's the only one who has more than one goal. Uh, 10 goals and 36 caps. Uh, the other forwards, uh, Rubio Rubin from uh, Tijuana. He has five caps to his name. And then uh, a newcomer in Andrea Novakovic from Telstar. Um, I mean, one big sort of prospect here, Timothy Villa. George oh, is it Via, so, not Way? I think it's Via. All right, we can go with Via. Yeah. The new David Via. Yeah. yeah, not Via, but Via. So, yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. Son of ex footballer and Liberian president George Via. Um, really? Yes. Oh, you, huh. didn't, you didn't know that he was the Liberian president <laughs> now? Oh no, he won a couple just a couple months ago. Uh he's made his debut here for PSG the senior team and uh a couple of caps, doesn't he? For the under 17, he has a couple of caps. For PSG he's made I think uh two or three appearances. Yeah, that's what, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, couple. <laughs> yep, a couple. A couple. So I mean that's that's really interesting to see what he can do in a national team setting. Yeah, I mean he's he's had almost as many senior team caps. Granted, you know one like substitution appearances as Gideon Zalalem has for Arsenal, having been an Arsenal player for about three and a half years. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, and also we should say that we wish him a good recovery. He was hoping to be a part of this camp. Um, but his recovery from his ACL tear at the U-20 World Cup last year has been delayed. Uh, he suffered a setback in January, which he just made public this week. So he's not part of the team, and that's the reason why. But he's hoping for a return this summer. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously I'm, I support him from an Arsenal perspective, although I've kind of lost a lot of faith that he's really going to break into the Arsenal first team. Let's be real in terms of the quality of the U.S. men's national team. That does not by any means mean that he couldn't be a regular starter for the U.S., even if he can't be a regular starter for Arsenal. So yeah. good luck to him. No, that's true. And I mean, there, there's a, like I said, there's not a lot of players that has a lot of experience here. Um, but that's, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, a name, one other name that I'm particularly excited about is Weston McKinney. Uh, and I think that, I mean, I think that he, he and Tim Vea yep, uh, could 
yeah, it could really be be the the you know the anchors of the midfield moving forward for the U.S. men's national team. And I also think that, albeit you know, you could maybe call him a late bloomer, depending on just you know the ages at which soccer stars tend to rise, like a Christian Pulisic, for example. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kenny Saif, the Israeli American who plays for Anderlecht, is part of this squad. And although he's a little older and he's he's in his mid twenties. Uh, but yeah, I, he's a player I think could also come to make an impact and have kind of a, a late career bloom with the team. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the ages here, I mean, really, you got one 18-year-old in uh, Timothy Villa. Uh, you got two 19-year-olds in Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney. And then, you know, so 20 years old, 21. So there's not a single player over the age of 29. Yeah. And also, I'm just happy to have somebody named Shaq. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's uh, quite a lot of interesting names here. And, I, I, you know, Cameron Carter-Vickers, of course, one play that we want to see more of. Uh, Met Miazga. Because uh, I do think that it's important to have players like Jed Lynn, who has almost, you know, 50 caps to his name. But at the yeah. same time, this is this is the opportunity you have with a friendly... And the fact that you're not in the World Cup to, you know, start looking towards the future and yeah. get some of these young guys in and see what they're made of. So it Well, will... and it's also really important, you know, I'm glad that you brought up DeAndre Yedlin because he's a player who, you know, maybe you can make the argument that he hasn't quite lived up to his potential uh, insofar as he's, you know, he's not, he's not the stalwart replacement for Kyle Walker at right back for Tottenham that they certainly hoped that he would be. And at least from an, you know, from a, men's national team we also hope that he would be but you know we have to start looking at the future and this is this is the moment in which he has to look around him and realize right okay even though he's the same age as the man i just mentioned kenny saif like he does have as you say almost 50 caps he is going to be moving forward right like assuming hoping that we qualify for the next world cup four years from now you know Mm. he'll be turning 29 during the the next world cup cycle and so you want him to be the guy who's going to say right all right i will captain this team maybe he doesn't get the captain's armband but i will be one of the leaders from the back and so this is really his first opportunity to kind of step into that role and make it his own without the presence of players like you know michael bradley or clint dempsey whatever you want to say about their particular personal leadership qualities right like they were in those roles and this is really the first time that he has an opportunity to truly step into that. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he, how he fills that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I, we spoke about it a little bit before and I, I like the fact that they, they left uh, a lot of the older, more, you know, experienced players at home. Definitely the case with the goalkeepers. Cause like you said, they're so, we know what they can do. Like we know. And, I mean, honestly, right now, are you really going to go with Brad Guzan as your guy that's going to, you know, assuming that no. you qualify for no. the next World Cup? Well, and again, that's, you know, <laughs> granted what we saw against Trinidad and Tobago, and we have, we have to say, assuming that we qualify, and, yeah. and we really can't make that assumption wholesale. But nonetheless, I think that, you know, we've okay. We've got 
we've got the golden cup between here and there, whatever. You know, we have quote unquote competitive matches between us and world cup qualifying, but realistically given the, you know, the historic failure of this world cup cycle, you have to be thinking about four years from now. And even, you know, the beginning of the qualifiers, just a couple of years from now. And if you're doing that, really, this is the time to say Brad Guzon and Tim Howard are not going to be the U S number one, in 2022 they're not it's that's just the case and so what are you doing with games like this if not saying right you know maybe you rotate in that new keeper at halftime like i i think that that would be perfectly acceptable because what's on the table is nothing besides increased self-knowledge about the players you have and that's extremely important and the lack thereof between the sticks you know relying on aging experience that once was world-class and clearly is no longer, it's hurt the U.S. And we we need to find who's going to be our next Tim Howard, Hope Solo, long-standing stalwart for the Stars and Stripes. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Let's move over to England. They play two games, one against the Netherlands and one against Italy. Um, And looking at their squad, they have... Four players that are uncapped in uh, goalie Nick Pope from Burnley, who's done very well for them. Alfie, or Alfie, I should say, Mawson from Swansea. James Tarkovsky, also from Burnley. And then Lewis Cook from Bournemouth. Otherwise, a lot of familiar names here. Yeah. I'm, yeah, a, I'm I mean... A, okay, so I just, I need to get this off my chest. I am absolutely perplexed that Jake Livermore is in the squad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a bafflement I can understand, although that's a kind of strange way to put it. <laughs> I, I get it why you find it really strange. I mean, <laughs> all the all, pretty much all the other names, I'm like, yeah, I can see that, I can see that, and then, wait, what? So yeah. uh, your goalkeepers are Joe Hart, Jack Butlin, Jordan Pickford, and Nick Pope. Uh, you know, with Hart, even though Hart is, you know, he has 75 caps to his name and all that, I, you know, he shouldn't be a given as their number one choice. So I like the fact that they decided to go with four goalkeepers here. I hope that everyone gets one half each. And yeah. um, again, speaking about rotating at that position. Yeah, and sort of see where it goes from there. Uh, defense, a little bit more inexperienced. You have three players with 10 caps or more. That's Denny Rose with 14, John Stones with 22, and Kyle Walker with 32. Um, other than that, you do see some other names here. Harry Maguire, Kieran Trippier, Joe Gomez, and then, like we said, Mawson and Tarkovsky. So also a good, I think that's also a good thing. Mm-hmm. So you don't just end up going the safe route with, you know, Chris Smalling, Phil Jones, and yeah, and I mean they haven't been really playing that well for United either. So, no. um, <laughs> although maybe they are to some extent victims of the system. True, very true. Uh, Jack Wilshere is in the squad, mm-hmm. and I think that's deserved. I mean, he's been playing well for Arsenal, and he's been playing consistently, and he stayed healthy. I mean, I don't think that, uh, you know. There, there's a reason, well, <laughs> I guess there's a handful of reasons, one of which is maybe Arsenal are just kind of stingy, but there's a reason that he still hasn't signed Arsenal's contract because that our contract is heavily incentivized 
by performance going down the line, assuming he stays healthy. But he's, you know, he's a class player, and if he can build some form, I, I would not only say I wouldn't be surprised, but I would expect him to be in the England World Cup squad, which is something that nobody would have said a year ago. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, he he's played well. Ashley Young is in the squad, which I find a little bit weird, but whatever. Uh, it sort of is what it is. They don't have, you know, Young is one of those very versatile players, although he's not, you know, he's in his best days. We can all agree on that, I think. But he's also well, yeah, but... he's also a player where, that you can play as either a left or right wing back or a left or right in midfield going forward. So yeah, and I was going to say he actually he reminds me of uh, I mean you, you kind of have to argue uh, probably slightly higher quality, but nonetheless similar player to Demarcus Beasley who enjoyed a fantastic swan song with the U.S. having you know begun as kind of a uh, attacking wide player and then as his career moved forward in his 30s being shifted back to wing back and you know having a lot of success at it so yeah. you know, maybe and and as you say that also when you're picking the squad this is really a important time for you know, Southgate to say okay how how are you going to show that versatility like can you be kind of a utility player and then can I kind of choose two positions with one man and you as I pick the squad and that maybe allows me to choose an extra forward who might be on the outs, right? Like decide, okay, maybe I do want Vardy in the squad to see if he can nick a goal late on or something like that. Yeah, no, that's true. And speaking of the forwards, it's Jamie Vardy, Danny Welbeck, and Marcus Rashford as Harry Kane is out injured. You know, it would be nice to yeah, see Marcus. We all know that we all know that Danny Welbeck is the <laughs> is going to lose the spot when Harry Kane comes yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to see Rashford starting up front and maybe Mourinho can watch the games and see that he's very good playing as a, as a striker. You know? <laughs> hey, knows? did you know that Marcus Rashford is good? Yeah, maybe, pretty much. Maybe you should figure that out, Jose. Yep. Uh, with that, we're going to leave it to Pauly to uh, take us out this episode here with his little talk about Mourinho. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better. Pauly's P. Questel. And we'll talk to you again, I would assume, after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paulie checking in live from London. Uh, it's been a while since you heard from me, and um, I know you don't want to hear me talk about Jose Mourinho anymore. I don't want to talk about Jose Mourinho anymore. You've heard everything that I have to say about Jose Mourinho. You, we all know that I think he's a bad manager. He's pretty much displaying that. The problem is, is since we last spoke in the past week, there are about 15 different Jose Mourinho stories that need to be spoken about. Starting with uh, Tuesday night, bowing out of the Champions League to Sevilla in a game that was so embarrassing because, I don't know, you chose Marouane Fellaini over Paul Pogba. You chose not to attack them at all, as if Sevilla were just going to sit back and be like, oh, we're playing at Old Trafford? Here, score a goal. And then you have the gall to insult your fan base. Your fan base that pays the tickets and pays for you and everything. And you have the gall to sit there and say, oh, losing in the round of 16, that's nothing new. I beat United when I was with Porto. I beat United when I was with Real Madrid. You can't say that. Do you think anybody wants to hear that? And then the rant he went on Friday, which was just all-time, all-time rant, talking about how United lack a football heritage, which... 
was, you know, insert that gif of that guy, like, whose eyes are popping out of his head. Excuse me, come again? We lack a football heritage, and then you go, you go out there and you say, I didn't inherit any players? And, and then, you, say, you know, the guy who, who comes in after me, he's going to inherit uh, Nemanja Matic and David De Gea, who was here before me. Okay, stop right there, because whoever comes after you is going to inherit an old Nemanja Matic who is run ragged and, and tired and can't do it anymore because you've run him into the ground by never giving him a rest. David De Gea! You inherited him. You inherited David De Gea. You know who else you inherited? You inherited Chris Smalling and Phil Jones, who you use all the time. You went out and bought Victor Lindelof. You keep him on the bench. You used Chris Smalling, who you inherited. Who else did you inherit? You inherited Marcus Rashford. You inherited Anthony Martial. You inherited uh, Jesse Lingard. Those have been three of your best players this year. You inherited Juan Mata. He's been one of your best players this year. You went out and bought Romelu Lukaku, who you deemed not good enough a few years ago. And, and that, that's the other part of the rant. He goes, look at the players who I've sold. Where are they playing now? Are they even playing? Kevin De Bruyne, he seems to be pretty decent. Mo Salah, he seems to be pretty decent. Romelu Lukaku, you sold him, and then you went out and bought him for even more money, and he ain't playing that well. Mostly because your tactics don't allow him to. Uh, I mean, at this point... These are just the comments of a man who is trying to get fired. Because, main, and, and like we discussed this when it happened, that contract extension that he signed a, a few months ago is nothing but a farce. That contract extension literally just gives him a bigger payout when he inevitably does get fired. Or when PSG swoop in and sign him, they would have to pay United more. Except, apparently, Antonio Conte's got to deal with with PSG, which means Mourinho ain't going anywhere unless he gets fired. Now, Mourinho does not care about being Manchester United's manager anymore. He's over it. He's past it. He wore a hoodie to their goddamn game against Brighton. Please, come on. He is interested in two things. He is interested in doing just well enough, as in winning the FA Cup this year, that he could sell it, that he's been a wild major success at United. But really what he's interested in He's in business with his agent, Mr. Rayola. He is already coming out, despite the fact that United have shelled out so much money since he got here. He is already saying, we don't have enough players. We need to buy six, seven, eight guys next year. They're already talking about a swap of Paul Pogba for Verratti of PSG. Of PSG. What? Like, you're willing to get rid of Pogba for Verratti, who brings significantly less to the table? Well... Oh, let's think about it this way. Verratti, along with all the other players who United have been linked to this summer, seem to have the same agent. The same agent as Jose Mourinho. The same agent as Paul Pogba and Alexis Sanchez and Romelu Lukaku. That's what he's interested in doing. He is interested in doing, in getting big contracts for his agent's players because then his agent gets big paydays. He is in, this all seems to be one long-term con. It's one long con by Rayola and Mourinho. Put Mourinho in a position of, in a high position with a board that is willing, with, with a buffoon like Ed Woodward, who's willing to do whatever Mourinho says, and now it's just dish out large contracts to Rayola's clients so Rayola gets paid. I, I mean, this is literally one of the most corrupt things. Is that FIFA levels of corruption are going on at Manchester United, and no one is noticing it. 
It's hilarious. It's scary. Jose Mourinho just wants to do well enough that he can't get fired from United and keep... Paul Pogba already got his big contract. All right? Paul Pogba... Now, if he goes to PSG, yeah, they're going to have to pay him again. He's going to have to sign a new contract. They're going to have to pay him. That's another payday for Raiola. Verratti now. He's on whatever he's on, but if he goes to United, he's going to demand a lot of money. Big payday for Raiola. That's all that Jose Mourinho is interested in. United need to wisen up. They need to get rid of Ed Woodward because he is so deep into, into Mourinho's pocket. That's the only way things are going to change. And maybe they'll get a manager who can look at this team and say, Oh, I've got a lot of talent here. We should be able to win games. love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by march 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly because no matter what moves you made last year TurboTax makes them count that means getting 100 back and 100 accurate taxes only from intuit TurboTax. must file by 331 credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service offer can be modified or terminated at any time if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.